Hey guys and gals, make sure you preview this episode before sharing it with your little ones. And there are some uh, deep conversations that I'll be talking about that you probably want to review if you're a parent um, prior to. And shout out to Starbucks for allowing me the space to work on editing this long podcast for you guys. I'm not sure who is singing the song in the background, if you hear it. Um, I do not own the rights to the song, nor am I making any money off of this episode. So enjoy. Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On uh, today's episode, I am currently walking outside in somewhat nature, somewhat public park situation, um, because I love being outside and... I also have this calling on my life to make a positive dent in the area of depression for people that are struggling, either diagnosed depressed or maybe you're just going through a tough season. And because I I have walked in those shoes and I'm still continually walking in those shoes from day to day. And so today's topic is all about resilience and resiliency. If you are uh, connected to the military in any capacity. I know that you've heard that terminology before, and if you are not connected and you've never heard that term, that's okay. I am a teacher, so I love to break things down, and I never assume that you know what I'm talking about. Um, as my one of my favorite professors in my undergraduate encouraged us, um, Dr. Hacker, who is the U.S. women's sports psychologist uh, for the number one team in the world many years running. Um, she also works with Paralympics, and her levels of excellence were extremely high. So I listened, and I gleaned her nuggets, and so you get to benefit from that on this show. So resiliency is, uh, the idea of it is that we all go through tough seasons, struggles, and stress. The idea of it is that it's not that we want to pretend like it doesn't exist, right? Pretend like we aren't going through a divorce, if you're going through one. Pretend like we didn't just have to get forced to move out of your own will, right? It's accepting the reality and pivoting to adjust your life circumstances so that you can still choose to be happy. You can still choose to accept that maybe this is a a season where you're not feeling as joyful as you would like to because maybe you're grieving the loss of a spouse. I know that was reality for my mom um, in 2016 when my father passed away, my third day working with patients in a psychiatric hospital where Move Happy first began. We all go through circumstances in life. Uh, We are not guaranteed for life to be easy. (laughs) Life can suck in certain seasons. Let me be frank with you. (laughs) But it can also be beautiful and outstanding amongst the storm. And that's what resilience is. It's the ability to withstand, to pivot, to adjust and still choose joy, still choose happiness, still choose to be a good citizen, still choose to take care of yourself and exercise regularly and eat well and get good sleep if you can. (laughs) Sleep part for me in this season is not 
super strong, uh, but I am blessed right now with a new day job I've been working at since end of June this year that they offer mental health services, six sessions per issue that you're dealing with. And when I looked at the list, I'm going to have 24 free sessions this year. Um, or maybe there's a little bit of a cost yet. Um, still working on getting that phone call set uh, once I have stable housing. Uh, but resiliency is extremely, extremely important to have. And you're not just born with it. Some people have a stronger sense of mental stability because of their genetic code, because of their family upbringing, um, because of their financial situation. Maybe they're blessed with an inheritance from family members and they don't have to deal with the struggles and stress of trying to find red and a decent amount. If you're going through that right now, like I am, uh, <laughs> You can learn, though. You can learn to strengthen and be stretched to improve in your resilience because it is a skill. And like any skill can be improved with intentional focus. So what comes to mind and what really stands out to me, my first introduction to resilience uh, was when I was blessed to be able to work with some of the finest citizens in the United States of America, uh, the U.S. Army and the U.S. Air Force have a joint base up in the Northwest, JBLM if you're from the area, Joint Base Lewis-McChord. And right after graduate school, um, I still don't know how I got the job because I believe they reached out to me, so I must have been on some sort of list serve. Uh, I was struggling the year before that. I worked five part-time jobs simultaneously after graduate school. I had a guaranteed teaching job that I was guaranteed in contract, in writing, with permission to get my master's degree. It was a point six. So a 0.6 FTE, that meant I was guaranteed three days a week contract as a health and fitness teacher in the Bethel School District, which is where I grew up, which is where I had been promoting the district for three years, touring around the world as a part of the music company with Mr. Bernard Krause in my high school years. And unfortunately, there were loopholes during the economic downturn, if you remember 2008 to 2012, that was a very tough time in our economy. I'm seeing a lot of similarities in our economy right now. I was guaranteed that contract and in April or thereabouts, I received a letter in the mail while I'm working on completing my master's degree I received a letter that said, oh, so sorry, but we actually ran out of money. And although we guaranteed you a position to come back to, uh, we cannot afford to keep you on staff. Now this had happened in 2009 prior to me applying to get my master's degree. 
uh, because all teachers across the whole entire district, a very large district, uh, if you had 4.99 years experience on the books, whether you were a substitute or contracted teacher, that, that all counted, uh, if you had 4.99 years or less, you were let go. It was that bad. So I knew I was getting laid off. I hadn't gotten my letter yet in 2009, so I proactively started applying for graduate school because I couldn't pay my student loans off through Sally Mae that got bought out by Navient that changes often. I just wanted to teach. I got a degree and I was hoping to do something that I loved to add value to my community, to the kids that I worked with. And so then I worked my tushy off and was blessed to get my master's degree completely paid for minus a couple building fees and medical fees, uh, but basically $60,000 of university tuition costs were waived and I had a monthly stipend. They paid me for a 10 month contract for two years at Oregon State University. They get free promotions forever because I'm so grateful that they believed in me to teach college level fitness classes although I did not have the experience doing it. I figured it out because my uncle told me that I had value and he told me exactly what schools to apply for and what to look for. So I'm teaching that to you if you're, if you're considering going back to school right now. Do not just accept that you have to take loans out because unfortunately uh, you will always have to pay your loans back. They will never disappear even if you file a chapter seven which I had to do after my divorce. And I've publicly announced that already. I'm not ashamed of it because uh, when I was going through my divorce, my ex-husband had moved our bank account to a secret account illegally. And unfortunately, I had also been laid off of that teaching job, even though it was guaranteed because I was in a new school district and I was low on the totem pole. So if you are a veteran spouse, you probably know what I'm talking about as you have to move from station to station without really your control if you're moving as a family unit uh, because you don't get priority. And so they've actually changed some laws. So if you are a veteran spouse, you have some protections, but it's still not easy. And I was not married to a veteran or to an active duty soldier. So I didn't have any of those protections. Um, Resiliency is something that I have not desired to have more of, but the creator of the universe desires for me to be a leader and is constantly allowing me to experience challenging circumstances to stretch me, to grow me so that I can speak from a place of authenticity to you and not just tell you what you need to do but actually share real life experiences. So I hope that this is adding value to you. So circling back to a timeline, I'm working with, this is uh, 2013, I believe August, we started to about April. I, I had to cut my contract early with the US Army and Air Force. Uh, but we were paid from one of the best research facilities in the United States of America. I was paid very well, um, and some might say, oh, that's terrible, but compared to my teaching salary, and <laughs> 0.6 FTE, uh, 
I was paid enough to start paying down my student loans and I got a chance to work with some incredible active duty soldiers, retired veterans and their spouses who actually wanted to improve in their health and fitness and mental well-being and were open to being coached. So I got to do one-on-one -on -one coaching with, I mean, top level leaders. I had a cardiologist that I did a submax VO2 test on because he wanted to make sure that his soldiers were in good hands and knowledgeable. So he allowed me, and I was voluntold to, <laughs> perform this test on him. Can you imagine being maybe 24, maybe 25, you're just after grad school, you're still learning life, and you have a cardiologist who is a heart specialist. If you're a kid listening to this, you're like, what's a cardiologist? And you were performing the test on him. The level of pressure was high, but he was so encouraging. And he was interested in my story and my schooling and my background and where I was from. And he gave my director, Dr. Bruder, approval of me being on the team. Before we saw any soldiers that had um, considerately high BMI levels that needed our coaching the most, the top leaders received coaching from us, received baseline testing from us. And what, wow, what an incredible experience we got to do. Um, it's called plethysmography. I have a hard time pronouncing it. Um, testing, which is another term for BOD. Uh, body fat testing, we used the BOD pod machine, which the NFL actually uses to distinguish the most elite athletes to decide whether or not they're going to be on their team. We got to use those machines to test on soldiers to get more accurate levels for their BMI levels and presenting them their information of this is where you're at according to this test. Um, what was interesting for me is the different cultures, different body types. There was two different options. There was a Caucasian and there was an African-American one. They did not have one yet in the research and the technology at this time. They might, they might have it now. You can check with the BODPOD organization. But um, they didn't have one for um, Asian body types, Pacific Islander body types, Icelandic. Like We all have a little bit slightly different body types based on our geographic locations. Um, and so it was interesting to me that they allotted for that and then there was different equations to plug into the system to help make it more fair for the soldier, if you will, or the spouse. Um, so they're still working on upgrading the technologies and whatnot. But what a neat experience. I got to present information. I got to coach and I got to actually help soldiers. Um, I was a part of a team of women. There were nine of us, two leaders that were um, from the medical model and spiritual model. Our, our head doctor, Bruder, is a minister um, in addition to an RN. And uh, Lynn Larson, her second-in-command, RN. And I got to work with these ladies. Um, it was really tough, though, because I was so used to scheduled classes where I was leading. It was a very controlled environment in the school system. You start class, you end class. This is a schedule. <laughs> Working with the military, I learned to shift, to pivot, to adjust. And it was not easy for me. It was not easy at all. 
I, uh, I had mentioned earlier I had to end my contract early. I was not planning on it, uh, but my level of sleep was not good. My level of stress was continually high. I believe because the year prior to that I had uh, five part-time jobs and still was not able to afford to pay my student loans. And at the time I applied for financial assistance humbly. I uh, didn't want to apply for assistance because I take pride in working and earning my living. But my income level uh, was exceeded by the bills that I owed from, yes, choices that I made, um, but choices that were encouraged through my whole schooling system, through the model that is taught in public schools. You go to college, you get a job, and you pay your bills. Well, I was working five jobs simultaneously. I worked in the Bethel School District on Mondays. I worked in Olympia School District on Tuesdays. I created my own curriculum for both schools, um, completely different alternative school systems. Uh, one was low income, high teen pregnancy, high crime rate, and the other was high income level, parents very involved, homeschool connection program, but they didn't have the funds to create curriculum, so I created it out of my own knowing and some resources from my undergraduate class. A uh, very fun experience, very fun. Um, I substitute taught a couple days a week when I was not uh, needed at a chiropractor's office um, as they had an eight-week holistic like wellness weight loss program, and I was the personal trainer. Um, however, they, it was 45 minutes away each direction from where I had lived at the time. And they did not have, I believe, the money to cover my expenses if there was a last-minute cancellation from the patients. So I was not making enough money for it to make sense to stay there, so they let me go. So I lost one of the five jobs, but finished the year strong with four. Um, I also worked at the YMCA. I taught step aerobics, which I had learned through uh, teaching my students in graduate school and made some quality friends and whatnot, and that gave me a free uh, membership to the Y. Um, but I was a little burned out from wor working so much and driving all around the state of Washington. For example, I lived an hour and a half away each way from Bethel School District because the person that I was dating that I later married as my first husband uh, decided to move us to the house next door to his parents uh, because we had lost our home during the recession when I was in graduate school uh, because his realtor encouraged him to put my name down as a renter even though we were partners and I should have been on the paperwork. Um, he did not value me enough to put me in the paperwork as a homeowner and I did not value myself enough to question it because I was grateful to have roofing over my head and, and I am a very independent woman. My father raised me to work for my own money and not to need the assistance of someone else. And I just assumed that if he was a, a real man that he would step up and, and put me on the paperwork. But I didn't, I didn't argue with it. Um, and he had also had renters for his second home that his parents had gifted to him. But they had left 
because they lost their job. So he immediately was losing $2,000 a month. So he had to sell the house that he had purchased um, without my recommendation because he wanted the biggest house in the neighborhood. And he lost immediately. His parents had to write a check for $40,000 so that he could sell the house and be washed clean of the mistake that he had chosen. I did not see that it would be smart for us to live next to his parents in the home where his children grew up while also switching parenting plan to 50%. Um, I remember crying and having conversations with him, very frustrated that he only saw this as the only option. Um, however, I stayed, I stayed committed to the relationship. I stepped up as a mother, as a stepmother figure that I didn't know that I had the ability within me to do. And I drove around the state of Washington. I worked to add money to the household to figure it out. And at the end of that year, had been hospitalized because I was working so hard because, well, I didn't know how to communicate my needs to him, so that's one. And two, uh, he did not step up as a man to provide for the household. And I had gotten burned out. I had an abdominal pain that was so extreme that it put me in the hospital. I thought I had ulcers like I did when I was in college, my undergrad. That's what the pain felt like. And the year after the five part-time jobs was the year I worked at JBLM. So I believe I was still adjusting from the level of stress I had the year prior and was promised certain things that then were delayed uh, through the government. Unfortunately, sometimes there's delays in contracts and whatnot that are outside of your control. Um, I had been awarded when I worked at the Bethel School District, um, the alternative high school, someone had reached out to me from Cal Poly State in California. I don't know who sent my name, but I was creating curriculum for uh, at the beginning of the year. I started, um, I was at an elementary school too. I forgot to mention that, that was job number five, um, but the principal did not respect me as a human being. So I politely left when they took four months to get my contract ready. However, I was invited from this university to be a part of a Gandhi intensive cross-curricular design, uh, I believe it was called a fellowship. It was two weeks, completely paid for housing, food, everything. All I had to pay for was my flight and I had to have a letter of recommendation from the principal that I worked for, Mr. LeBounty. He wrote a stellar, outstanding letter of recommendation. He came in and uh, observed me teaching alternative high school students and getting them interested. These are low, many low-income um, kids with single-parent homes or parents that are in prison, and so the experiences that they have make it more challenging for them to do good and to care about school. But he saw that I had gotten them engaged interested in their fitness and their wellness and desiring for me to be the teacher full-time. I was teaching on Mondays and my co-facilitator was teaching Tuesday through Friday and I believe there was some jealousy that happened uh, from her side. I, I, she could tell her story how she wants to tell it. Uh, 
but there were some false accusations that had happened that were extremely severe. I mean, we're talking spiritual attack, and I know that's exactly what was happening. Uh, spiritual attack as well as uh, jealousy from a colleague. I had been awarded and won, was invited to present or to be a part of this fellowship during <clears throat> right at the end of the school year from this principal. Already awarded it. He's like, I'm... I'm very grateful you work at our school, even though it's only once a week. I believe he wanted me to be working there full time, and she could sense it because she was not working at the level of intensity that I have because I care about, I, I care deeply about giving my best no matter how tired I am because that's one of my core values that I established at 14 years old, and I have a plaque. And I look at it regularly, or I should say I did look at it regularly, but it's lost right now until my, <sighs> until my husband returns it, if he decides to return it. We're separated right now. Resiliency does not mean that you do not have problems. Resiliency means you face your problems head on and you ask yourself, how can I make this situation better? How can I add value to the people that I'm surrounded by? How can I take care of myself so that I can be a better parent and take care of my children? So I had been awarded this fellowship. I called Dr. Bruder because we were supposed to start the research as soon as I was done with the school year in June. I said, I just was awarded this opportunity. I would still love to work with you. However, I'm not sure if this is a paid job with you, but it's an unpaid fellowship. I'm having this conversation with Dr. Bruder on the phone, and she says to me, Aaron, I am certain our experience will be starting end of June. So if you would like to work with us, you'll, you're going to have to decide between this fellowship and between uh, working as a part of this uh, wellness pilot program. Now, it was a no-brainer for me to turn down the fellowship, although it was a neat opportunity that I had earned. However, it was not paid, and I needed money, so I decided to turn it down. And then I waited two more months because there was delays in the government, and what was promised to me over the phone did not actually happen in reality. It wasn't in her control. I believe she wanted it to start sooner than it did. However, there were delays that were outside of both of our control. And I am a woman of integrity. And when you tell me to do something, I keep my word no matter what. And if I can't keep my word, I communicate to you that I cannot keep my word. Um, I didn't hear from her. However, I still wanted to work as a part of this research project. I was trying my best to give grace because I knew that a lot of the circumstances were outside of her control. And so towards the end of August, I want to say it was right around my parents' uh, wedding anniversary was when we actually started and were hired. And we didn't actually break the ribbon until veterans right around Veterans Day in November. Um, so we were doing trainings. Um, they added um, extra responsibilities for 
other events for us to help at with uh, soldiers getting sent overseas and they had you know di different booth events so that we could help with that um, we also helped with the uh, PT they were doing some injury prevention testing and basically scanning people's barcodes for checking to see if a soldier was injured because oftentimes soldiers will not say that they're hurting because well first of all if they're men they don't want to say that they're injured right because that would depict that they are weak in some capacity which is not true but that's what society says um, also they could be medically discharged if the injury is so severe so many of them will not reveal that they're hurting or that they're injured or that they have a loss of flexibility mobility things of that nature so we got to be a part of <clears throat> another organization's testing process and research project was which was really neat to be able to learn something on the fly um, what I learned through working with the US Army especially is that they have their main MOS, their main responsibility job, but they cross-train to have coverage when people call out sick or when there's a change in the situation because they realize that real life happens. So we got to experience that as well. Now, it was neat, but it was also challenging and it stretched my comfort level because flexibility is something that is not a strong point for me. I like to be in control. I like to be in charge, so uh, <laughs> I'm learning to go with the flow better. Uh, but definitely, resilience is a skill, and we can all learn to be better with it. Uh, the reason why I had cut my contract early, I was experiencing extreme PTSD. Now, no one diagnosed me with this, but I know myself, and I know what I was thinking, and the level of stress was so high for me, and my level of sleep was so low. Um, I actually was experiencing flashbacks of the man that I had dated in college that was a U.S. Army Ranger. He had decided to rape me. And I'm able to say it publicly now because it's been 15, 16 years. Um, however, I did not phrase it in that way when I was in college and outside of college and then in after graduate school when I had to cut a job early and I don't quit anything. But it had impacted me for so long, I had never received the proper healing and therapy that I should have gotten uh, because I was not practicing resiliency when I experienced what I experienced. I'm not angry at him, I've since let it go and forgiven. Um, however, the officer that took the report told me that I would be ruining a man's career if I reported it instead of saying, how can I best support you during this challenging time? Because I was planning to wait until marriage, which was really tough for me to process through. And if you are listening to this show right now, I feel very strongly that there are some parents out there that are listening to this and thinking about their children and their grandchildren. And you're thinking about and you're imagining your little girl or your little boy. Maybe they're in college, maybe they're in school, and they have someone that you're concerned about that is around them. You would do anything in your power to protect them if you knew. What I will say is that I choose mercy over judgment all day, every day, but that is not everyone's decision. Um, if you're going through something similar, I encourage you to file the report. Um, however, I prayed on it, and for me, my faith and how the creator of the universe leads me to make decisions 
is ultimately up to me and my decision. So you decide what's right for you and your situation. At this time, the information that I knew was that half of his platoon had been killed overseas. And I have been told many times that I am a woman of wisdom. I believe I get that from my mother. And I also believe that people make decisions when they're hurting to hurt others. But I have the power within me to stop the cycle. And you have that power within you as well. There's a lot of wars going on in the world right now. There's a lot of people that are getting raped, murdered, killed. But there's also a lot of goodness. There's also a lot of moms and dads that are feeding neighbor kids because they see that they're hungry. There's a lot of men at the churches that are stepping up and asking the kids, hey, do you need a ride home? I see that you've been coming to church by yourself. Your mom and dad okay? And checking in on those, those kids in your community. I see a lot of professionals in the business atmosphere that are making sure that the customer doesn't have to purchase a whole new HVAC machine. That's because that's where my day job is right now. I'm seeing a whole lot of technicians that are encouraging them, hey, we can fix this for you or we can present you with a new machine. It's totally up to you, but don't spend more than you need to right now because they actually care about the person purchasing it. They care about the reputation of our company and they care about treating another human being as they would desire to be treated. There's a lot of goodness in the world right now. It's what we choose to look at, what we choose to focus on. And going back to the, the story of leaving the research project early, I wrote a letter, I read it out loud to Dr. Bruder after I was encouraged by, I talked to Lynn Larson first because she and I um, connected really well. And they had encouraged me to uh, leave the contract early. And I, I believe that I was not negatively marked, um, but I'm not sure. Anyone can do the research and look into that uh, if you're interested. Uh, but I, I lost out on money because of the dramatic effects, long-term effects from being raped in college on my career. So when you hurt others because you're hurting, it's not just a one-time offense and they can just get over it. If we all could be more intentional about being kind when we're struggling, when we're hurting, and maybe not have that bottle of whiskey, maybe not choose to slip that powder in the drink, because it's been a long time, but have honest conversations about your needs, wants, and desires, and have someone that's willing and ready to be in a relationship with you, whether it's physical or not, um, but just being open and having conversations without forcing someone to do something outside of their control. Resiliency is having the strength and the courage to speak up when someone, something, or some organization has done you wrong not hide from it, but speak up and be bold and also present options that you recommend, you wish, you desire would have happened instead. Not just complaining about a situation, but actually providing practical ways of improvement. That's my personal stance. I've experienced many other areas of resiliency through the years, as I imagine you have as well. Uh, one of my dear friends and mentors that I've, I've known since 2019, since he was a guest on my podcast, Bill Dolan, founder of Spirit Media, uh, 
very intelligent, kind human being. He's been able to work with former presidents of the United States. He's been able to work with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you read his book, um, many real cool musical artists like Maroon 5, Gwen Stefani, Tori Kelly, Kirk Franklin. And he's such a cool, level-headed person. We had a conversation the other day, and he said, Aaron, you're probably one of the strongest people that I know that knows how to see the silver lining in anything. And I was like, wow. For him to say that, that to me is an incredible compliment because I know how hard he works and the struggles that he's had. He actually died and came back to life. Uh, If you listen to the podcast episode, you'll hear the story. To be able to be and receive encouragement, mentoring both spiritual coaching as well as business coaching from someone that I met through a social media platform Uh, There is power, there is goodness, there is light and love through the internet. There's also darkness as well, but I'm choosing to focus on on the light. And I'm super grateful, if you're listening, Bill, to this episode, thank you so much for reaching out to offer me support for the second ever real entertainment therapy experience. Very extremely stressful time uh, for me personally with change of address, which is still unknown because I'm in a temporary spot. (laughs) Change of job, was not planning on needing to have a job, but life circumstances threw me in there. So I'm grateful for the the income coming in and I'm grateful for the company believing in me. Although I did not have a lot of industry, direct industry experience. Change of relationship status, it is unclear, unknown, uh, but I believe that my husband is trying to protect the privacy of his friends. And I believe someone is trying to get information about him when it's none of their business. So he separated himself from me for whatever reason. And also the VA promised us couples uh, marriage counseling and then they changed their minds. So uh, because there wasn't enough staff or someone was on vacation, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't get clarity on that. Lots of, lots of moving parts personally for me. And Bill recognized that he took the time out of his busy schedule to reach out to offer support for something that I feel led to do, for something that the creator of the universe has put on my heart to facilitate. I've never created anything like this before. This is the only second one ever done. <laughs> and we've already got leaders from uh, Neora, which is a top wellness organization, they uh, formerly known as Nirim before that, uh, they broke every single record pretty much in a 150-year direct sales industry, went from $100 million their first year in sales to $1.5 billion with a B in five years, five and a half years, and I got to be a part of that organization. Uh, I started with it in 2015, and I've since uh, moved to focus on my own personal branding, but I've stayed connected with a lot of the leaders from there. One in particular mentored me that did not have any financial gain. She's going to be our keynote speaker, speaking from a, a leadership of spiritual uh, leading, resiliency and building community, but also was a retired postmaster of the United States Post Office. We've got head of Disney Hotels that's going to be speaking from a leadership standpoint in business as well as relationally with his 50-plus years of marriage experience. And he's going to speak on how to build community from that perspective, from his story. Super grateful he said yes. 
I jumped out of my seat just about. That was, that was a brief break I took from the day job to have that phone call. <laughs> Stephen Eugene Kuhn, founder of Humble Alpha, also a veteran, international business leader, former guest VJ of MTV, and he's also worked with Mick Jagger, just, just to name drop a couple people, reached out to me. Someone had sent him to me. I still don't know how he found me through social media. Resiliency and dealing with life's problems is an opportunity for you to focus on what you can add value to, what you can be intentional on. I believe I've had a lot of grace also given to me. The more open that I share with my story with you, People are sending people my way because they believe in my life mission and maybe they like a post of mine or maybe they like my voice. I don't really know, but I, what I do know is that I'm no different than you. I've only had a smartphone since I worked at JBLM. That was 2013, 2014. I had a terrible Android that I bought that was cheap and I'm not saying anything bad about companies, but I could not operate it. I was overwhelmed at all the emails I was receiving because they had hooked up my job, right, at the military installation to my device. So I was getting notifications when I was outside of work and I didn't know how to separate my work from my home and I had no sense of peace. And also the text messages were jumbled up because I'm wordy and... <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, so it was frustrating. So I got rid of that phone, got an iPhone. Simple is best. So I've really only had a smartphone that I count that I knew how to operate since 2015 when I joined the direct sales company that broke every single record in a 150-year industry. And I have worked to learn how to operate it. Wow, at that time, being newly married, at that time, having a puppy, at that time, teaching in a high school for the first time ever with no mentoring. Um, well, my co-teacher helped me. She was a dance instructor. She was super cool, Miss Anderson. Um, but my direct lead that was responsible for writing up my review to the principal would come in regularly and tell my students how bad they were in front of me, completely deflating me as a professional and never coached me privately, never offered assistance to me privately, neither here nor there. But that was the experience that I was working through. So I decided working in the degree that I got ain't working for me. There's gotta be a better way. So luckily, uh, Gretchen actually, Gretchen Barossi, I love you girl. She stepped up to the plate and reached out to me from a fair event because I had won a free bottle of skincare and I um, have struggled with poor skin issues since I was a child. I've got eczema and really bad acne, all that. And um, I had gotten this product. It worked for me. It helped to clear up acne, although it wasn't intended to do that. Uh, I had my own before and after photos. Within eight days, it cleared up my skin, and it worked really well. So that gave me belief that the product worked, and all I would have to do is talk to two people a day. No-brainer. I was an introverted antisocial, highly anxious, professional adult that preferred to talk to children because adults did not ever set me up for success. There were some, but many professional adults uh, cut me down. That was my perspective, my experience, but not in this company. 
Jeff Olson, founder of Neora, he set up a team of winners. He set up a team culture of professionals that helped each other no matter if it financially benefited them. He encouraged brand new brand partners to reach out to top leaders in any team. It was not against the rules. You didn't get kicked out and they didn't ostracize you. They actually answered their phones. I connected to the top leaders in the organization. The number one income earner for the entire company allowed me to sing in her house because I stepped out and I knew that I could add value and it was fun for me to sing. So she invited me to her house up in the Northwest and I got to connect with all of the top income earners from, from that region and I got to entertain them. And that was only in 2016. So barely six, eight, nine months. It was February, I started in March, so 11 months from having a smartphone that I knew how to operate. And I'm performing for one of the most successful direct sales company to date for their top income earners. And one in particular, I sent an email to yesterday and he just liked my video on TikTok yesterday. So I know, he, I know he got my email. He hasn't reached out yet, but I know he will. Uh, he was number 25 in the company and he owned like 80 or 90 med spas across the US. He gave me his cell phone number and said, Aaron, whatever help you need with, I love that you came here, you showed up and you performed. You're someone that I want to work with. He's actually been a guest on the podcast. He's with a new company now. Jeff Olson connected us. He set up success for relationships and community. You have more resiliency when you have better relationships. Our social connections, our friends, are in some circumstances our family and not all circumstances. Um, the community that you either create for yourself, if you don't have good healthy family members, or the, the community that you create by connecting to new people and building friendships is the strongest predictor of your happiness. It's also the strongest predictor of your level of depression. If you're hanging around the wrong kind of people, if you're hanging around people that break laws, you can get associated with that. Be intentional with who you surround yourself by. I'm just, I'm, I'm super grateful. And I'm also still a first grader when it comes to smart technologies. I had some real bad stuff happen in 2020. So that was just shy of having a smartphone that I knew how to operate for five years. I was a kindergartner or a preschooler, if you will, because it was from March 2015. I believe I got the smartphone maybe a little bit before that. Somebody could check the records. Um, but in October of 2020, I received one of the most challenging seasons that stretched, stretched my uh, resiliency muscles beyond what I ever imagined would be possible. Having digital attack, having home break-in, having a woman disguised herself as a minister on my team, volunteered to help me write a song. And then when I was in safe housing, when she knew exactly what was going on to me, that there was a potential murder, retaliation murder, from someone that I had turned in to get a wellness check, a mental wellness check, because he had threatened with a plan to kill his own mother, told me 
that I was wasting local resources and told my entire network, close circle, that I was suicidal, which was not true. I received protection from a stranger that I met in my safe house. Homeless veteran took me under his wing. I had zero income because the time, the timing of everything, my businesses got locked up. My identity theft that I was dealing with while also it being the pandemic, while also having to move out of the housing that I had stayed in because the landlord that I was staying with decided to sell her house and asked us to leave at the end of the year. But she quickly changed her mind when there was a home break-in that I was no longer welcome in her home because I was adding stress to her life. I'm grateful that this homeless veteran took me under his wings and I had no idea that even though he was homeless, he was not helpless. He decided to reach out to his friends and ask for support for me and he didn't know me. He didn't have to do anything that he did. And I received free protection around the clock for about two months. Not only that, he added me through the VA as his caretaker because I was taking him to doctor's appointments and I was spending time with him. I was helping him uh, through his recovery from his stroke a couple years prior. He was in the wheelchair and I taught him how to juggle because <laughs> I learned that in my undergraduate when I was student teaching with Mr. Henry Michelson in his juggling arts program. For whatever reason, he saw value in me and he wanted to help me have housing so that I could do what I needed to do and, and you know, food stamps. Like, I mean, I've had, I've had the top of the high and I've had the low of the low. So if you're struggling right now, you're, you're listening to this episode, I, I desire to encourage you not to get sympathy, but I desire to encourage you that resiliency is something that will, and when you intend to build your resiliency muscles and you focus on how you can add value no matter what your circumstances, it will make you a better person. Now, if you decide to have the external locus of control where your circumstances depict your happiness, that is your choice. And what I mean by that is, oh, it's raining outside. I'm not going to get my workout in now. How about let's put a coat on, rain jacket, bring the umbrella. Don't allow external stimulus to dictate your outlook on life. None of us are perfect at it. I definitely, in the last few weeks, I had to have conversations with my boss and the GM because my attitude stank. Because <laughs> I went from being in con complete control of my schedule, driving for Lyft to pay my bills while building my empire for my three businesses and helping change the world. Uh, someone hit me in my car, not a severe accident, but someone hit me enough with a customer in the car where I had to report it, and then I found out that unfortunately Lyft was not gonna pay for any of the damages unless it exceeded $2,500. And then they removed me from the platform for whatever reason. I'm, I'm still not sure. I had seven years of five-star rating, over 2,500 rides I had been giving. Regardless, that is my circumstance. So I chose to reach out to one of my customers from Lyft because I knew that they were in HVAC sales and I had sold a $12 million job in 2020 when I worked for a couple of weeks. 
uh, for a, a terrible company, but I didn't know it was terrible until they laid off everybody and didn't want to pay anyone. They paid me a little bit, but definitely not my value. I knew there was money in the industry. I just worked for the wrong company. I trusted a recruiter who let me down, and that's all right. We continue to focus on our circumstances and how we can add value. That's how we keep moving forward in life. That's how we build our resilience muscles. So after a conversation with my day job boss, direct supervisor, and GM, I let them know, hey, the only reason why I'm talking about this event is because I feel spiritually led, that this is something that I am called to do. I've never done anything like this before, and I always want to add value. The head of HR of all 90 locations gave me permission to send the email and asked me to CC her on it. I would love to invite you guys if you're available. The head of Disney Hotels will be speaking. They, I believe they were surprised. And I believe that that is one of my superpowers is <laughs> always keep people. Uh, what I learned from my veteran protector of 2020 is EOS, element of surprise. Always keep people guessing, add more value than they can ignore. Oh, it's been such a great morning. I hope that you're doing well today. I believe that no matter what you are going through, that tomorrow is going to be better for you. You're gonna have a conversation, a random conversation that you feel is random, but that's an angel walking on earth tomorrow. So keep going, keep plugging away. Do not, absolutely do not give up hope, no matter what you're going through right now. I'm thinking of a friend of mine that's actually in Russia right now. She and I connected through singing. Many of my connections uh, that are dear friends of mine for a long time are through music because musicians know how to collaborate and keep relationships, even when you don't talk to each other all the time because we got the Facebook thing and we got the you know, Instagram thing and all that. Uh, so we actually roomed together at, I wanna say it was the All Northwest competition while we were in high school and her friend went to school with her Samantha uh, who has since moved down to Texas uh, Samantha and I went to church together uh, through Clover Creek Bible Fellowship I want to say third grade maybe fifth grade um, definitely junior high high school Samantha was one of the Seattle Seahawks gals um, that danced and did cheer on live television and then she moved down to Texas and did that for a little bit. Now she got a big old family and she's a little busy right now, but she sings at her church still, which I love to see. Maggie decided to do international teaching and was in, I wanna say Morocco. I have to double check um, where she was at before, but she's in Russia right now. And what I am praying for is her safety with the war going on so close by. Resilience doesn't mean you give up on your dreams because life challenges your safety. Resilience means you face it head on and you prepare and you, you plan, you're intentional about giving your best no matter what the circumstances are. I'm so grateful for our active duty soldiers right now that are protecting our borders, that are getting prepared to go overseas, that are either already over there um, in, in multiple countries, uh, but my heart and what, what my gift is, 
is I am a peacekeeper. So what I have experienced through my business professional hacking in 2020, professional hacking in 2021, and still getting hacked in 2022, although I am just another human being, what I have experienced is political sides are desiring to use and manipulate my network, my brand that I have built up through the creator's supernatural power. And that is one of the reasons why I was removed, I believe, from the Getter app, because it is a Republican Party app, and there is no other way around it. But they decided that I was no longer serving their intentional purpose, and I make no political sides. Um, all, all political parties are welcome at my events. Whether you are, I would say, an elderly person, whether you are a child, you are welcome. Whether you are gay, straight, bi, trans, whether you have AIDS, HIV positive, you are welcome. As long as you are a decent human being that desires to do good in the world and you do not have any desire to harm anyone, you are welcome. It is a free event. I am not taking a salary this year. If the creator tells me next year to do otherwise, uh, then so be it. Uh, but this is my give back for that sacrifice from 2020 that that veteran stranger did for me. Everyone gets to benefit because of what he did for me in saving my life, and I will never forget that. Resiliency does not discriminate on your gender. Resiliency does not discriminate on your aptitude. Anyone can build their resiliency muscles. I'm reminded of when I was 14 years old, and you might have heard this story, uh, because sometimes I repeat stories because I assume that my audience some of you are listening for the first time, so I apologize if you've heard this already. But when I was 14, there was a suicide in the community, an eighth grader. And we found out because every, I believe it was in February, um, our, our school district did a jazz festival at the high school. So all the local junior high bands, the high school bands, and then the music company that I got to be a part of the following year um, would perform. And there was a spaghetti dinner feed and it was a great event for the community to build awareness and respect for the arts. And one of the junior high bands was not there and people started talking and word got spread. Why is Cedar Crest Junior High Band not here? Well, come to find that one of the eighth graders had, had gotten into his dad's case and had blown his brains out or his heart. I don't know where he hit himself, but he ended his life. He, he committed suicide. And I was 14 years old. And at that time, I was experiencing a high level of transition because my eldest brother was getting removed from the Air Force and being sent home. And he was my abuser con consistently, randomly, of all kinds of abuse from three years old to five years old. And so my brain was going into panic survival mode um, and I was also transitioning into high school, and I had auditioned at that time for the music company, and I didn't make it, but all of my friends did. So I was devastated, but I didn't know how to express what was going on. I experienced my own PTSD, I think, for the first time, and I got quiet for two weeks. I didn't talk to anybody in school. I wasn't singing. I wasn't joyful. I was being, I believe, spiritually attacked, but also was experiencing what anyone would call a high level of stress. One of the 
parents that volunteered as a sun, Sunday school teacher, I believe was being spiritually attacked severely and shared way too much information with us in our, I believe it was like junior high youth group. It was either junior high or high school. I can't remember. I was, because I was 14. So it was kind of that in-between time frame. And she let us know that she was thinking about suicide on a daily basis and that she had her gun under her pillow. Uh, she should not have ever shared that with children. And that frightened me. I did tell my mom about it. And of course she was worried and talked to church leadership. My parents had gotten me a doctor's appointment. My dad took a day off of work. He only had Wednesdays and Sundays off. I don't believe this was a Wednesday. He prioritized his daughter over his job. Thank you, Dad. Well, he's passed away now, so thank you in heaven. My doctor, unfortunately, wanted to immediately put me on medication instead of ask me what would make me joyful, what I would like. Lied to my parents and told my parents that I had agreed to take medication when I asked him for other options because I'm a mature, wise woman, and although I was only 14 years old, I knew that I did not want to take medication first. I wanted to try different things. I'm not against medication. However, I am against people lying about me. So he told my parents that we had agreed to try out the medication, and that if it didn't work, then we would look at alternative options. His decision to lie to my parents, I'm the youngest, I was 14, my eldest brother seven years older than me, so 21. His one decision to lie ruined a 21-year relationship with his customers, my family. And not only that, but you better believe that my mother told her whole network who not to send their children to. If they had a doctor's appointment need, you better believe she made sure that no one was going to this particular doctor. Why? because her daughter almost committed suicide two days after having the medication that was forced on her. The thoughts were so strong and so severe as a young person because of the level of stress that I was under and the fact that I was asked as a 14-year-old to sing at a funeral for an eighth grader in the community. There was about four or five of us that sang at this funeral. I did not know how to deal with it and no one was talking about it. So that's why I'm talking about it now because there is a lot of stress in the world right now and there are a lot of parents that are concerned about the well-being of their children no matter what age. And I have been the mental health advocate since that one day that I had the calling from the creator of the universe in 2018 before I moved across the country. I had my day of disgust. I called the 1-800 number, and I have since never. I prayed on my knees after that call. Um, I removed the birth control implant that was uh, strongly encouraged from someone that I was dating to get on. And I have never had a single thought about it aside from dating someone that was completely mentally unstable in 2020. Um, <laughs> but I've never acted on it. And I have consistently and frequently had complimentary coaching calls with people because they're concerned about the well-being of their children because they know that I come from a place of authenticity and I have been through their shoes. I have walked in their situation. Resiliency does not mean... that you have 
weakness. Resiliency means that you are able to admit where you're at, but you're not satisfied to stay there. The real entertainment therapy experience has been divinely ordained. Whatever your belief system is, I choose to believe in the creator of the universe. If you choose to believe in Buddha, if you choose to believe in Hindu faith, in Mother Nature, whatever your faith is, you are welcome. There is no judgment. I encourage you to show up because I believe the more united we are as a world, the more we terrify the darkness. It takes um, an estimated 16 positive inclinations, posts, attaboys, compliments to fix one negative remark. That is according to Les Brown's research. And if you don't know who Les Brown is, a very publicly well-known public speaker, former mayor of Ohio, look him up. <laughs> very entertaining professional to listen to. 16 positive remarks. So if you are working at a job, for example, if you're in HVAC, like I am for my day job, and your coworker, while you're learning your new job for the first time in a new industry, and they are throwing you to the wolves because you like to take risks and you like to learn as you go, if your coworker that's been in it since we'll say 1980 to be conservative, I don't know the exact date, uh, but if they insult you in front of the customer, degrade you as a human being, and then wonder why your sales are terrible, resiliency does not mean that your job is gonna be easy or that you're gonna have perfect harmony with your coworkers. Culture starts from the top. If top leaders set a rhythm in place, like Jeff Olson did, everyone works together in harmony and edification, positive remarks in public places where your business is impacted. Edification is the only form of communication that is distributed outside of your company's organization. Correction, processes for improvement, suggestions for being better at your job are done in your business meetings, in your conversations after an appointment. They are not ever done in front of a customer. Same thing if you're in the military. Same thing if you're in the school system. I'm reminded of a position that I had accepted in the beginning of 2020 because the top leader of the US was a professional poker player. I actually was hired through this organization that was funded through China to uh, create advertisements. And essentially, I was, I was, my job was I was a regional manager for a poker company. What I didn't know at the time was the region that was assigned to me, 13 states, that only two of the 13 states poker was legal, okay? I was trying my best to add income to my life so that I didn't have to give up on my dreams. And I loved the cool factor of a working and being trained by a professional poker player. Like he's a super cool dude and he is American. So I trusted him, right? I have friends that are in all cultures. However, if you're working remotely, 
you need to have someone that you can physically connect to that speaks your language, that you understand and can get coached by and corrected by. Unfortunately, what he found out is that he wasn't really the head of the USA. The woman that was our translator was telling him things to do and I believe potentially was involved in the professional hacking of my computer because they wanted my technologies to be used and didn't provide me with a computer by its standalone. And my ignorance with smart technologies, I didn't know much, if anything, about cybersecurity or the fact that even though I deleted their app and called Apple three times in 2020 to check to see if there was any bugs in my computer because it was acting wonky, a trillion dollar company plus didn't know that they still had bugs in my computer that were almost undetectable, still had professional hacking done regardless of doing my due diligence and trying my best to protect my technologies. Resilience does not care about your income status. Resilience is something that you can learn whether you are just starting off in your first job or whether you got hired as a regional manager responsible for 13 states because you have a podcast. And that's literally what he told me. I felt like that was really cool until they decided to part ways and they may or may not be responsible for the professional hacking. I'll leave that up to the FBI to get back to me on. You might be going through an incredibly tough season and you're wondering to yourself if you can keep going. You can. You can do anything you set your mind to, I promise you. No matter how bad you think your life is right now, tomorrow will be better. Focus on how you can make your situation better. I'm reminded of the second location that we had to move to my, uh, with my veteran protector because the first place where we met, we were forced, all of us homeless people were forced to move out. We had a situation where we were in a motel. The person that worked there had gotten in trouble for allowing druggies in in the middle of the night. She got fired and then she called corporate and told corporate that all of these homeless people were staying past the 26th day mark. So we all got displaced on behalf of me, added me through the VA as his caretaker so that I wouldn't be sleeping in my car during the pandemic because I couldn't call anyone as my phone, I was told, was being traced. And the only person that I did call, my cousin told me that she's got kids at home and she needed to protect her family, which I understood and I respected. I needed help beyond my capacity and the creator of the universe provided it. And I'm super grateful for my veteran protector. So we're in this second location. He's feeling frustrated. He's hearing some things um, that I'm not sure are there. In reality, he had heard next door an adult throwing a kid against a wall, but I didn't hear it. And I am pretty, I'm a pretty light sleeper, so I don't know if he was hearing it in a dream or if he actually did hear it. But the front desk had said that no one was assigned to that room, <clears throat> so I still am not sure exactly what happened on that instance. <clears throat> but he was feeling extremely frustrated with... Uh, with the people there that were allowing us to stay there for various reasons. Um, I said, let's write them a thank you card because it feels good to have a clean space and I'm grateful. Do you know how, cause uh, he has a gift of language. Do you know how to write it in, um, in, in a language that they might understand? 
So he started writing on this card. <laughs> the gentleman that you could see obviously was having tension with him the day before immediately smiled, gave him a sign of prayer with his hands folded at his chest level. And immediately the level of frustration ceased between both of them. Now, are they best buds? Probably not, but my gift is I am a peacekeeper and I see the good in people, even those that have wronged me that have even tried to kill me. I still see the good in them because I've got Jesus's love in my heart. It was neat to see him change his attitude even for a moment and take charge and write the note in the card. And he even threw in some money too, <laughs> which was really neat. Resiliency doesn't mean that you're helpless. It means that you choose to make your situation better through the gifts that you have available. I could go on and on and probably talk for a few more hours on resiliency and how you can build more of it. However, I do have to go eat. <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap up the show for now um, and just remind you, if you haven't yet RSVP'd to the Real Entertainment Therapy Experience, um, get us your email. If you're on social media, you can DM. That's probably the easiest way for us to keep track. Uh, Robbie O'Connor is my one volunteer and he's got limited hours because he's got a family and he works full time, um, as do I. So we're trying our best to orchestrate this in the most organized and streamlined way possible while also maintaining the integrity of the email list um, because there are some professional hackers that I believe are government level that are trying to prevent me from helping veterans and first responders. So we're doing our best to keep security levels tight. And I'm not sharing any of my login information with anyone except for Robbie. So we're emailing one time on August 15th and it's a drip campaign email that'll give you the Zoom link. We're waiting on the 15th because I don't know how many people are going to RSVP. So the sooner you RSVP, that will help us to be able to know exactly the number to reach out to Zoom and say, this is how many we've got that have RSVP'd. <clears throat> so you have to RSVP by the 14th midnight. And that will tell us exactly how much sponsorship dollars we need. We're estimating $10,000. It might be more than that, um, but that's a good number to start. Uh, and that will give us up to 10,000 seats in the digital space. I estimate 1% of the 225,000 will be available with the short notice that we have and the time zone that it is. It starts at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. It's about two hours on August 18th, 2022. There might be more than 1% though that show up. And so we're trying our best to make sure that everyone is included. Uh, but I financially do not have the capacity to expand the room space without your help. So if you're feeling compelled after listening to this and you would like to donate any amount, whether it's 10 cents, $10,000, you can donate, go straight to my nonprofit website ErinNicoleMinistries.org, that's E-R-I-N-N-I-C-O-L-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S.org. And uh, make sure that you also send me a message. I'm getting emails, but I just want to also just double check because if you give more than we need, I would like to give it back to you unless you want to gift the whole amount, which is fine. 
that um, <clears throat> trying to orchestrate something so big for the first time while also working 12 to 14 hour days while also having unstable housing is not an easy feat, but the creator of the universe decided that I am a resiliency coach. And so I am being challenged to uh, demonstrate and role model what that looks like for you. So I'm going with the flow. Uh, so, uh, yep, RSVP, ASAP, get us a good email that you're gonna have for seven years. Why seven, such a random number? Well, seven years is what's considered good longitudinal data for white paper research. Our intention is to eventually, once we have this uh, therapy experience for entertainers or those that lean towards the entertainment space as their preferred way for holistic uh, mental health support, uh, longitudinal data is the best and they consider seven years as a good level. Now, if it's more than seven years, that's great, right? But most of us probably are wondering if uh, we're gonna go to war soon, right? Or whatever. So seven years is a good number. Now, we're also gonna follow up six months from the experience. Um, however, this, I've done some changes based on uh, some conversations with cybersecurity experts. We're not gonna ask you for deep level mental health private information because even if we got the funding for it, I still am liable and responsible for the data even if I pay someone else to hold on to it. I didn't know that until a little bit ago. And so with that in mind, the questions are not gonna be super personal. It's more for this particular experience until we have the financial structures in place to have great lawyers and have great um, HIPAA protections set in place on external computers, not mine, um, right? Because professional hackers are continually trying to prevent me from helping veterans and first responders. Um, we wanna make sure that your private information is, is your private information and there's no emails that we have to send out. Oh, sorry, you know, we got hacked or whatever. Um, even Experian got hacked in 2020, like a lot of people did, but uh, I'm trying my best to be a responsible citizen and do something fun for the world, do something that's adding value for the world and also protect my entity and protect you as a human being. So questions that we're gonna ask are super simple. It's more for feedback, reflection, like what did you like? Um, what did you experience for it? Uh, what, what would you suggest for improvements for next time, right? These are like any kind of thing that you experience, like hey, would you rec recommend this to a friend, you know, on a one to 10 scale, things like that um, for the survey. We'll send that out in that email. It's optional for you. Um, before I was trying to do it required and I didn't realize that it was making people feel forced to respond. So I'm learning through Future's uh, feedback. She was our keynote speaker in February. Uh, super grateful for her. So it's optional. Um, it will help us to be able to present data to eventually to the Joint Commission to get this white paper researched to get it empirically evaluated once it's fully established as a set in stone entertainment therapy process with edutainers and musical and comedian entertainers and whatnot, okay? So um, make sure you have an email sent to us that you're gonna have access to for the next seven years. I believe that that is all I need to say. This has been a very long podcast episode. 
Apparently I have a lot to talk about in regards to resiliency. So I'm grateful that you have taken the time to listen. If you do have any questions, concerns about the event, um, keep in mind that my time is extremely limited, so I'm trying to protect my mental health boundary space. If you have questions and you're not sure if you want to attend this event, that's okay. Uh, please reserve your questions and response for feedback until after August 18th. You're welcome to join us in December and watch um, the people's feedback on social media about how fun this experience is because I know that you're going to have fun if you show up. Um, it is free, but it's not uh, zero value. I'm bringing you, bringing you some outstanding names. They are donating their time for this. Um, so please buy their books because uh, they're not making any money off of this. Uh, if you feel so inclined and you like their story, I encourage you to reach out to them for hiring purposes. Um, I'm not taking a salary. I'm not making any money on this experience. I am doing this because I'm alive and I'm grateful for being an American born in one of the best countries in the world, which if you're not from America, you'd probably say the same thing about your country, right? Because country pride. Um, but I'm a human being first and foremost, and I love you no matter, no matter what. And I care about your well-being. I care about you as a human being. So show up. Show up tomorrow, keep showing up at work, keep showing up for your families. And I hope to see you August 18th. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. See you next week.